Chapter 7 of The Friendly Five. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Catherine Phipps. The Friendly Five by Mary C. Hungerford. Elfie Tells a Story. Six of the girls were spending the Saturday mending hour in Lily's room. All the girls in the school were required to spend that one hour in sewing, and as rents and holes were subject to fines and bad marks, it became an unwritten law that the hour was to be spent in mending. The little girls were expected to do their mending in the smaller recitation room, with one of the teachers to direct and assist them, but the larger ones were allowed to work in their rooms. "'It is not a hilarious pursuit,' said Lily looking solemnly at a three-sided tear above the hem of a clean white skirt and i am very sorry that there seems to be such a deep-seated prejudice against the chinese and what earthly connection is there between mending and chinese the connection my inquisitive bertha is not with mending but abolishing the necessity for the practice which i regard as a most disagreeable one I have understood that the gentle creatures with the peanut-coloured complexions and the blinking, bias eyes are acquainted with a process for making paper undergarments, which are taken off when soiled and used for lighting fires. I suppose if my lovely figure were draped in paper, I should make a cheerful rattling as I walked about, and toward the close of a paper garment's career, I might even have to tie it about me with twine, like any other paper wrap package." still i should prefer it to mending cotton materials and so i wish they would offer the chinese inducements to stay here and begin manufacturing the girls were convulsed with laughter for lily had an overwhelmingly draw way of making her highly original remarks i have no mending to do said katie so if you want me to read aloud i'm quite at your service lily laid down her work and looked reproachfully at the speaker have you stolen a march on me, uncandid Catherine, with a K, and supplied yourself with a full line of paper garments, while I am still groveling in cotton cloth? No, I wear as much muslin as you do, and wear and tear it into twice as many holes. I laid a frightful pile of clothes that wanted mending on my table yesterday, but when I went to bed, I found them all mended. That sounds supernatural said Lily, using her chest tones and speaking sepulchrally. I'm afraid it was the work of no mortal fingers. Perhaps you have a ghostly double who sits and sews while you otherwise amuse yourself. Oh, stop talking that way, said Katie. You make me feel creepy. I know well enough who did it. It was Marianne. How very nice, said Edna airily. I believe I will hire her services too. I have plenty of pocket money to spare, but there's no way of spending it here. But she didn't do it for pay, protested Katie. It's because she likes me. And because you are always so nice to her, said Lily, with an approving nod, which greatly pleased Katie. Edna drew up her lips scornfully. I should not accept unpaid services, she said loftily. Do excuse my forgetfulness, exclaimed Lily, hurriedly fumbling in her little purse. Oh, can anyone change a half dollar? Oh, never mind. Here's some pennies. One, two, three, four, five. Here, Edna, is this about right for gluing my photo case so nicely the other day? Why, Lily Dart, how dare you offer me money? 
exclaimed Edna, springing up and scattering the pennies Lily had tossed into her lap in every direction. The other girls looked shocked, too, but Lily serenely said, I must be stupid, but I thought you said you wouldn't accept unpaid services, and I felt reproached at once for not having as good a rule of conduct as yours. Edna looked violently angry, but before she could express her indignant sentiments, there was a little tap on the door, and Mrs. Abbott and Alfie came in. Perhaps Mrs. Abbott could tell by Edna's flushed cheeks and the angry tears which filled her eyes that something disagreeable was in progress, but she gave no sign of noticing anything, and after a few minutes of pleasant chat, asked if she might leave Alfie with them till the sewing hour was up. Bertha, with the fear that Edna and Lily might recommence the interrupted conversation, invited Alfie to tell them a story while they sewed. "'I can't tell a book story,' said the child, "'but I'll tell you one that Mummy Candace tells, "'or I'll tell you one of Marion's history stories. "'Which would you rather tell, Alfie?' "'I think I'd rather tell one of Mammy's stories, "'cause I forget the history names. "'Very well. Do as you like.' "'Well, once there was a little girl, about so big as me, "'and her mother told her to go over the field "'and take some nice custard in a bowl "'to a poor sick woman in a little bit of cabin. "'So she put on her little hat and cummed and cummed and cummed "'till she most come to the little cabin. "'Then she sat down under a bush, "'and she looked in the bowl, "'and the custard looked yellow like gold "'and smooth like silk. And then she took a holly leaf and she ate the nice custard all up. And then she lie down and go sleep. Pretty soon, dear comes big bumblebee. Buzz, buzz, buzz. And she wakes up and says, Go away, bad bee. But the bee say, No, no. I going to sting a bad child. Don't mind her mother. The girls were noticing with much amusement that Elfie was unconsciously imitating the southern accent Candace used. Then... A little chipmunk come and say, cha-cha-cha-cha, I gonna bite her little toes, cause she don't mind her mother. Then a little owl comes and says, ooh-ooh-ooh, I gonna pull her har, cause she don't mind her mother. Then dear comes a little chink bug, ticka-ticka-ticka, and says, I gonna pinch her, cause she don't mind her mother. Then they all say, Stinger, biter, puller, pincher, cause she don't mind her mother. So she cry and holler, and the poor sick woman crawls out of bed and sends em all off. Then she says, You got something nice for me in that blue bowl? Something your murder send me? Yellow as gold and smooth as silk? Give it to me, cause I got nothing to eat. That was the worst of all. And a little girl runs out the door and runs home and says, Mother, mother, give me all the supper I can have. And the mother gives her bread and milk and jam tart, and she takes them and runs way, way off to the cabin to give them to the sick woman. And the bee and the chipmunk and the little owl and the chink bug, they all come too, and they didn't sting her, nor bite her, nor pull her, nor pinch her, because she was sorry she was bad and didn't mind her mother. I can tell you better stories when I know how to read, said Elfie modestly, as she received their thanks for the one she had just told in a highly dramatic manner. I have a beautiful big book of stories called The Raving Nights, 
but Auntie Abbott won't let me have the stories read to me. Because I heard her tell Miss Blake I was too... too magical now. Imaginative, wasn't it? Oh, yes, that was it. Well, said Lily, who had seen the big storybook, magical isn't a bad word for the Arabian Nights. And raving is as forcible as the real title, added Edna, who seemed to have recovered her temper. End of chapter 7